0: Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Michelle Moulton.
0: And today we're going to talk about asking for testimonials. Yeah. You know you should be doing it and you know you're not doing it. <laughs> so we're going to hopefully make it easier for you today.
1: Absolutely.
0: When you're working with your clients, do you find that that any of them naturally ask for testimonials as part of their process?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> it's,
0: I, I don't I hardly ever encountered anybody who was good at at regularly asking for testimonials as part of their process. almost nobody. i'm I think I'm actually pretty good about it, but most people are not.
1: I have one who's an executive coach, and she always has kind of like an after action sort of review, but she never turned it into a testimonial but she was really religious about the process. And so then asking for testimonials when we updated her website was pretty easy because she, you know, she had all this data, but most people don't.
0: That's pretty good, actually. I, I have a process that I have students go through for a variety of reasons, actually, which we can get into. Even if you don't ultimately publish the feedback that you get, it's really important to get it. Even if it's not like, you know, Joe Smith said I'm awesome for these three reasons on your website with their smiling face. Having the information that would make up a testimonial uh, is really, really important. One for obviously for making your service better or knowing if there are some things that you could improve or finding out what things they found to be really valuable that maybe are different than the things you thought were really valuable.
1: Yeah, it's like I think of this as the five questions and it's sort of a combination of like an after project review, or, you know, maybe it's some sort of a retainer and it's a time delineated review. It's a combination of that plus actually asking for a testimonial. The first question that I always want to ask is, and this sometimes is the hardest one to ask people, but after you're done, you can say, what was your biggest fear or concern before you hired me or bought my product? And what I love about that is, and we've talked about this in the client avatar episode, plus it's in the exercise we attach to that, it it gets you into the head of your buyer just before they purchase you. And that's amazing psychographic information to have. Like, what were they thinking? What were they feeling? What, What was scary to them? And the more you know, the better you're going to be able to serve your next clients.
0: Right. Again, even if you don't publish a testimonial, having that piece of information allows you to update your website or your service offerings or your FAQs with that concern. You can address the concern. One that comes to mind is that I remember doing this sort of after action review, did this exact, that exact same question. What, if anything, did you fear about hiring me to do this retainer? And one of the things was that I wasn't familiar enough with their industry to get up to speed and actually help them because of course what happens after you ask that question, the next thing is going to say, but it turns out it was fine.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Or they wouldn't have hired you.
0: Other things are like, uh, it could be, Oh, we were afraid that, you know, we needed somebody who was going to be on site and he only works remotely or someone who's in the same time zone, all of these things. If you hire people for anything or you are thinking about making a, a sizable purchase, you've got these like oh but what if and uh, you know there's worries or concerns or fears about everything and if you think about it that's your brain sort of responding to the inherent risks of whatever the transaction is so of course anybody that's getting ready to write you a check has something you know maybe not the exact same things but they're going to have that same sort of thing going on in their head and being able to externalize that And put it on your website in the form of a testimonial or an answer to a frequently asked question or whatever Then you're learning How to serve your best clients better because you're sort of reading their mind In a sense like retroactively, but still it's what you're doing
1: And we all have it. I mean when we hire somebody to help us with anything we always have there's some concern in there Always. I mean, it's almost nothing is a slam dunk for people, even if it's something as simple as, well, I was worried how much of my time this would take.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. That could be a concern. Yeah, it's a classic one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then the, the second question, which I really love, and which I guess is kind of logical for testimonials, but what did you value most about our work together? And what I love about that is your secret sauces in there. If you start to think about it, you get 10, 15, 20, 100 of these, and you're going to start seeing some threads, the same thing over and over again. And they might very well value something that you had no idea was valuable.
0: They probably do. Well, the reason I say that is because the people I work with, they cannot answer that question. Why do your customers hire you? To write code. Well, they don't need code. What are they actually hiring you? To do? They have no clue. The way this whole conversation usually comes up with me and students is that they have no clue why anybody hires them. So I have <laughs> them go through this exercise yep. specifically, send this email out to everybody you've ever worked with. It's a, a sort of a preliminary email. Would it be okay if I sent you some questions? And then once you've got a positive answer to that, then you send over the questions. The reason it comes up is because It's like, oh, well, we need to revise your website. You know, what's valuable, what you do? I have no idea. Okay, well, guess who does know? People who have paid you money. So why don't you email them and say, hey, I'm thinking about revamping my website and I'd like to collect information from past clients like you. You know, it's fine to say no, but if you've got a few minutes to answer some questions about the work we did together, that'd be amazing. So just shoot me back a yes and I'll forward the questions. But either way, if you don't have time, I totally understand. And then once you do that, to specifically talk about this second question, they're going to send back stuff that has literally never crossed the mind of the kind of people I work with. Like, really? They care about that? Like, (laughs) wow, I didn't even.
1: I had no idea. They like me. They really like me.
0: Right. And it's for and it's stuff they'll recognize like, oh, yeah, I did do that. But I just do that. Like, that's just a natural way that I think you should do business, businessing like a classic one would be like, Oh, we, we just love that. Rob never talked down to us. You know, we're used to working with technical people who just expect us to understand everything about the world and make us oh. feel like idiots all the time,
1: uh, okay. you know,
0: basically a bedside manner type of thing. And then, yeah. and then Rob will say, Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a conscious decision on my part that I made 20 years ago and i never even remembered it, you know, cause it's just natural for me now. But yeah, that is a feature of my practice. You could easily turn that into a headline on a website.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of an example, and it actually happened at a meeting. I was, I was with one of a pair of clients with an outside person who was hiring them to speak, I believe. And somehow this came unsolicited where my client said, you know, the best thing about working with Rochelle was my partner and I had just started a business and we didn't know that we disagreed. We thought we were in sync and Rochelle had this process and all of the disagreements came out up front and we resolved them right then. We've never had another serious disagreement. I mean, they might disagree on little tactics and things, but, and I I looked at him and like my mouth dropped open and went oh my God. So now when I'm working with multiple partners, I always talk about that. It's because usually people have some things that are below the surface. And when you're working on a branding or strategy project, those things come out and you have to deal with them. So anyway, I mean, you just get amazing things by asking the question.
0: I'm hesitating to say always. I want to say always, though, it always surprises you. It's just shocking every time. It might it might not be that you disagree with it. You're like, oh yeah, that's definitely true. But it's surprising the way this person thought to express it. It's great. It's a great exercise to go through. What's your next question after that?
1: So mine is, what if anything surprised you?
0: Speaking of surprises. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And what I like about that is you can get positive or you can get negative. You get both or either. I kind of like it when there's no surprises. And then I like it when there's a good surprise. I don't like it when there's a bad surprise. But if there is, you need to know it. It teaches you something about your process or how you interact with a client or how you deliver something.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather know?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, the follow on to that is what would you have liked to be different about the project, about working with me. And what I like about that is you're not, you're asking it in a neutral way. So I feel like it allows the client to answer openly and because you genuinely want to hear what they think. And I think that's important too. And then of course the last question is, would you recommend me? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Right. And why? When you get to that point, what you have is you've got an after action review, you've heard from your client, you know, what was going on? How did it go? What could I have done differently? And how do you feel now that it's over, essentially. And then from that, if you choose, you can then write a testimonial for them, based on that feedback, and you write it in the length that makes sense for wherever you're going to put it typically on your website, hopefully with their smiling face next to it. But you can do that and then send it back to your client and say something to the effect of, you know, I've taken the liberty of putting this together as a testimonial, kind of to your point, Jonathan, you can certainly say no. But I'd love to post this on my website as part of yada, 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 what do you say? And in my experience, they don't typically fuss with it too much because they're so happy that somebody wrote it for them that it's more a question of do I like this or not like this except that you really you're not writing it you're editing it because it has to be in the client's voice not yours like if you look at my website there are no two testimonials that sound the same because they're all different and they're different people. They, we did different work. They had different experiences. But so you want that voice of your client, not yours, but just in a format and size bite that'll fit in your, on your website and in your wherever you're going to use it. It has to be the right length.
0: Right. Based on who I work with, I tell them not to edit it. Because the people I work with have a tendency to completely take the client voice out and they abstract oh, the whole bad. thing yeah it's yeah. just super abstract and it's do that. so i would err on the side of not editing it i mean typos obviously but here's a classic example sometimes clients will use a word from my world actually incorrectly i leave that in because the testimonial is not for me it's for other people like them so if they say something like, you know, back in the day when I was doing responsive web design and, and software consulting and somebody said uh, mobile responsive that was a classic one. They would always talk about Jonathan guided us through our huge project. We were making a mobile responsive website and it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was, we were afraid of this, but it turned out that everything was great. And mobile responsive is not the term. It's like a made up thing. Like that's not anything. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. I would still leave it in there because that's what they all call it. Right. Like all of all of it's their words, like somehow it that is the way that the, the technology got surfaced in the media that is read by my buyers. So why am I going to change it? That's, that's the term. And you know, you get software developers and probably lots of other people uh, in other industries, but software developers get super pedantic about this. Like it's not HTML five. It you know that's JavaScript. That's not part of HTML five. It's JavaScript. Oh, and it's oh, like okay. you gotcha. guys, you guys, calm down. What <laughs> what are your clients googling for? You know it shouldn't be called serverless. There's actually a server. You're like okay okay I get it. But so anyway, this is a sort of a soapbox about be really careful if you're going to edit the testimonials because you don't want to take the best parts out, like almost always what you're going to do is neuter the thing.
1: Well, here's a couple ways to look at it. Cause the process that I just described is really the after action review with the setup for the testimonial. So you're making that a regular part of what you do. What a lot of people do is, you know, they're updating their website. I've done this myself. And then I send out a note saying, well, would you agree to do a testimonial for me? And then they'll write it. And then I agree. You don't, you know, you don't edit it. But if you're doing the after action review, you haven't exactly asked them for a recommendation. You've said, would you recommend me and why? But they may not have written it as a recommendation. So you you might have to edit it in that way. But I totally agree with you. You cannot take their voice and their emotion out of it. And even if they write something that you're like, really, that's what you have to say about all this <laughs> yeah. work we did. Yeah, yeah. That's what you choose. It's what they chose. Right. It's what they valued about you. I think that has a place too. Mm-hmm. I just do. It's, yeah. I mean we're, we're complicated human beings, most of us. and clients are and, and they see that and I, I think it's I think it's a positive. as long as you would want to replicate that client. obviously, if it's not somebody you really want to work with again, you don't want their recommendation up on your site.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm like getting a little bit hung up on recommendation versus testimonial here. is like do you see those two things as synonymous?
1: I, I should have said testimonial. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it is kind of a recommendation is, but it's, I, it's, that know. gets
0: dangerously, dangerously close to referral, which is not what we're talking about. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. no, this is a testimonial. I'm, I'm picturing, you know, the the person's face and a, this is what it was like to work with so-and-so on the site. Boom.
0: Yep. Yeah. In the show notes, we will link to a blog post of uh, or an article on my site called Building the Perfect Testimonial, which describes the scenario that most of my students find themselves in where they're like, "Uh, I have got 100 past clients that i worked with and I've never asked anybody for a testimonial. So how do I sort of retroactively go back and get something from somebody? Uh, so if, if you're in that scenario, then that's a good article to read.
1: And just to that point, I mean, I think we should pump people up a little bit about that because you'll be amazed It feels wonderful because you're getting them all like coming in at once. And all of a sudden you're reading and you're going, oh, yes, that project I loved working with Joe. And, you know, and it was like this mutual love fest. And you see that and it's a reinforcement. And it's not just about the ego. Of course, that's fabulous. But it's this reinforcement that what you're doing has made a difference in the lives of your clients. And that is why we do this work. So it's worth it. And no matter how hard it feels like you're asking for this giant favor You're doing it for the right reasons and you're gonna you're gonna wind up feeling really good about what you get back
0: Yeah, it's an antidote for imposter syndrome Yeah, it can be hard if somebody said hey, could you write a testimonial for me full stop? It's like, oh I'll get to that someday. What do you want me? I don't know what to write like what are you looking for? Like that's the importance of the questions Like you can't put the words in their mouth, but you can guide them through the painful, scary, emotional challenge of writing a a testimonial for someone. Or this is a similar kind of thing when somebody says, hey, this just happened for me recently, like kids applying to colleges. Can you write me a recommendation? Oh, what what am I? He's this greatest guy. <laughs> what am <do> I writing? <laughs> it's so hard. But if you throw them a bone, kind of, and you say, "Okay, here's like a guided process for you. Just answer these questions, and like it'll just be amazing. It's really you making it easier, de-stressing the whole thing for them. Just like answer a couple of questions about the work we did together, and and I don't make it like a, you know, it's not like an essay question. Just answer these questions, and and that would be amazing.
1: You also may be surprised when you have an ongoing client where it's not like beginning, middle, and end, is they may say things in their email. I had a client once call me an emotional Red Bull when he was talking about me to somebody else in an email. And I'm like, can I use that? I, I love that. <laughs> but it's, if I'd asked him for a testimonial, I don't think that would have come out. It was just that in the moment relating to somebody else. So you can get those things, too. And you can ask for permission from your clients to use those things in, in the testimonial.
0: Yes. And that is the perfect segue into what I think is the only other thing I have to say on the subject, which is you might be getting testimonials already and you don't even realize it. Or, you know, somebody gives you some kind of compliment or exactly like what you just said. It's just like a killer visual, like metaphor, emotional red bull. Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: This happens to me a lot on my mailing list because there are so many people on it compared to like how many clients I have. When I was doing software development, maybe I had three clients a year and they were long-term. So there there were a lot fewer opportunities and there's a lot, there's just like a fewer of them. And there wasn't really a situation where, you know, we would be down in the trenches. People aren't going to be patting you on the back while you're doing, you know, it's just not, it's just not, it's just weird. But broadening into like this mailing list where, where it's free, of course, you know, so people are sort of, they're not clients per se, but I will often get amazing sort of like those really graphic visceral responses that, that are like <laughs> yeah. that. And I always reply, I always say something like, wow, that made my day or this is, no, that's hilarious. I love the, the way you put that. Thank you very much. It's very encouraging. P.S. Would it be okay if I put your kind words on my website? It's fine to say no, but it, it would be great if, if I could put that on there because I think it would encourage other people to join the list. And that for me, I is just a, it's an automatic. I have a keyboard shortcut for it. Like that is automatic. If somebody says something really cool like that, it just boom. <laughs> reply. You, have
1: a, you have a shortcut. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. It's perfect.
0: So because I want to capture, I'm going to forget, you know, I capture it. I get the permission. I post it. I send them a link to it. I'm like, does that look OK? So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I haven't counted them, but I have like a giant page of of these awesome little unique, definitely not me saying them quotes and to encourage people to join the list or it could be about the book. It could be about whatever, but whenever they come up and and, and occasionally has happened with client work, like you just described, the ones that I can think of were the same situation where a client is introducing me to someone else and they'll say something hilarious. <laughs> and afterwards, they will be like, Oh, that was so funny when you said emotional Red Bull, like, you mind if I put that somewhere? Could I use that as a headline or something yeah. like that? So seize, seize the opportunity is really the, the takeaway there.
1: Absolutely. And don't be shy about this. Because you know, when you're first starting out, sometimes you're just not really sure. Like, I kind of think I know what my special sauce is, but it winds up being about the way you interact with a client versus that you're the world's foremost expert on X. The more you reflect what people really, your people, really value about you, the more of those people you're going to attract into your orbit. And that's what you want. I mean, we want great clients and and great people in our networks.
0: Yep. End up doing better work and has a bigger impact, bigger reach, more profitable for everybody. Have more fun.
1: Yeah, everything. Yep. Yep. Win, win, win.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You think that's probably good?
1: I think that's it.
0: All right. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Rochelle Moulton.
0: And we hope you join us again next week for The Business of Authority. Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.